My name is Rachel Peru and I'm a 50-year-old grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Out of the Bubble podcast. I started a new career age 46 modelling and on social media I found so many women, inspiring and amazing women over 40 who were really embracing their midlife and helping to break down the stereotypical barriers. I really wanted to share these stories with you, so let's celebrate and firmly place the spotlight on women over 40. My weekly reminder that you are not invisible and it's never too late to try something new. Now, I don't know about you, but I am now drawn to natural products, whether it's skincare, hair products, my clothes that I'm wearing. And so I'm happy to be able to say that this month I've teamed up with Clockface Beauty luxury skincare brand. Clockface Beauty is a vegan, 100% natural and entirely waterless beauty brand, which transforms skincare that nourishes and heals your skin. And I've been using their cleansers and their makeup removers for quite a few years now, and I really love their products. And I'm so delighted to be able to say that Out of the Bubble podcast listeners will receive a 10% discount from Monday the 8th of March until Sunday the 4th of April. Just use the code BUDDLE10. And if you've never heard of them, please go check out clockfacebeauty.com. And full disclosure, I may receive a small remuneration for any of the sales made through this affiliation link. Welcome back to another episode of Out of the Bubble. So this week we're going to be talking to Margaret Schenken. Margaret Schenken is a fitness coach and has had quite some journey to get there. She started off as a lawyer, uh, so she had a career of over 10 years in law, uh, but knew that it just didn't sit quite right for her and it wasn't really what her true passion was. Uh, but how do you find that? How do you find out what your passion is? It's not that easy. And she did an amazing TED talk called What If I Don't Know What My Passion Is? So I could really recommend that you all go and watch that. I'll put the links in after the show. Um, so Margaret's going to be talking to us about how she's now using her passion for sport and for health and fitness to encourage women over 40 to get moving, to find sport and health and fitness, things that they enjoy rather than seeing it as a chore. So I'm looking forward to getting lots of tips and advice from Margaret this morning. So hi, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. So, I mean, this is another connection I've made through social media and, and on the podcast community. And how do you feel about social media? Is it something that you really engage and enjoy or are you still kind of unsure about it? We're straight in with a deep, complex question. <laughs> I think the obvious answer is there are pros and cons. And I think especially in the health and fitness arena, it's quite controversial, social media um, mm. and I think, you know, I am on social media, which I find great for business. And it's also great to connect with people in your personal life that you otherwise wouldn't see or wouldn't speak to. I think the area that it can become quite dangerous is when you get into comparisonitis on social media. And that's so dangerous in health and fitness. Yeah, it really is. And yeah, we could talk about that more later on, I'm sure. But for people that don't know you, Margaret, how would you describe yourself? Oh, how would I describe myself? I am a, a, well, I'm middle-aged and I, I'm embracing that. I am a 46-year-old woman, mum of three, ex-corporate turned health and fitness professional. And I love bringing the joy of fitness into women's lives. 
Fantastic. And it's, you know, it's so important that we, that we have this kind of joy for movement and, and keeping fit, particularly as we hit our, our mid forties and we start going to the perimenopause and the menopause, it's a whole different ball game, isn't it? So we've got so much to talk about this morning. So let's start at the beginning though, because you've been on quite some, some journey, um, because you initially trained as a lawyer. I did. I, I was, so you, so you know I did a, a, a TEDx talk on my journey, um, yes. it kindly took the time to watch, it was a number a few years ago, and it was called, What If I Don't Know What My Passion Is? And I always, from a very young age, decided that I wanted to be a lawyer, partly to do with early law and all those programmes that make it look much more glamorous than it actually <laughs> is. And I had a natural propensi- propensity towards English and languages. And so law seemed like the obvious choice. I also, you know, really wanted to help people. And in my mind, that's what I was going to be doing as a lawyer. I was one of the first in my extended family to go to university. So I won't lie, I was, I was really proud to go and get, at, you know, get into university to study law because I always thought of myself as just being of average intelligence and I always had to work really hard to get the grades. Mm. So it was a really, really big achievement for me. It wasn't a, a, a small thing. And I went to study law at uni, I enjoyed it, and then I qualified as a trainee solicitor and I practised for 10 years as a construction litigator and ended up in large corporate firms in Glasgow. You'll be able to tell with the Scottish accent. <laughs> and I did enjoy it, I didn't hate it like many lawyers do. I, I got a lot of, um, you know, feeling of achievement and accomplishment. I love using my brain and challenging myself in that way. But there always felt like there was just something missing, something wasn't quite right. And I still get the vision in my head quite often if I'm ever doubting being in business, running my own business, because it's, t- it's tough, it's hard being on your own, your own business. But if I ever have any doubts, my head just flashes back to me sitting at my desk in my office and writing down the list of the pros and cons <laughs> staying in law or leaving law and, and what would I do if I left law. And I did this at least once a year, I would say. And so I, I knew that there was something not quite right and it just wasn't fulfilling me in the way that I had hoped it would. I wasn't helping people in the, thought, the way that I thought I would. Perhaps that would be different if I'd gone into a different specialism like family law or maybe if I worked in smaller high street firms rather than the large corporate machines. I don't know, but it wasn't fulfilling me in the way that I thought that it would. So I had my first two children who are now late teens. And then at that point, I was going to start going into health and fitness. And I even did some of the qualifications and started doing it sort of as a side hustle. But the lure of going back to what I knew was just too great and the fear was too great about the unknown and could I really do this, you know, it's crazy. And, and people make comments that are just, you know, they don't mean anything by it, but it can have a really large impact on you. And people would say things like, well, all those years to study and all those years in law, yeah. and, and now you're not even using it. Yeah. It was only over time I realised, but I am actually using it because Every part of training you do, every experience you have, you know, um, everything you do leads up to what you do next and who you then become. And so all my training at uni and all my training 
on the job in law in my traineeship and then as a solicitor actually gave me the courage to completely do not a u-turn but change what I was doing retrain and then have the guts to actually start my own business and I know even today that people view what I do as a hobby yeah <laughs> now that doesn't bother me anymore I just mm. kind of you know, might inwardly have a bit of a laugh to myself and I think in many ways this is so much harder than when I was mm. in law because I had I had a marketing department I had an IT department behind me I had a personal assistant yeah <laughs> and now I have to do all of that myself and finance as well you know, now I'm in every department, as you will be able to relate yeah. to, and, and I don't have a team, and I don't have colleagues to moan to or to help me with one problem or the other, and I have to motivate and drive myself every single day, and it's so much harder. But I'll, I'll jump back for a second. So I had my first two children, but I ended up going back into law for a few years, and I enjoyed it at first because it was new again, it was a fresh challenge, and I had a team, and it's quite lonely being a mum at home. And after about 12 to 18 months, I thought, actually, I was right. I should have gone with my gut. You know, it's never, never. I'm, I'm racing towards, um, you know, the end of my 30s. And if I don't do it now, I never will. And I actually then just had, I was going to say, I then had a third child. Like, that just happened. I got pregnant with my third child, which was planned. But when that happened, I knew I would not return to law. And at that point, I would then fully engage and embark on the health and fitness journey and help other women to become you know healthier happier fitter and it also I knew would give me the flexibility to work around my children rather than the other way around and again I think people see you know when I tell people what my path has been they assume that I left law because it was too difficult to have children and do that and actually it's quite the opposite I, I didn't mind the long hours I, I kind of thrived on it I, I'm best under pressure and but I did think if I'm going to work these long hours I would rather do it and build something that's for me rather than give all that time to a corporate firm that I'm just going to be another number yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, I can relate to so so many different parts of that, and I think it's really interesting that external pressure from society that have these views and opinions on on, on your career, and also you were you were excelling in what you were doing. You were really good at your job, and quite often there's this misconception, isn't there? Like you said in your TED talk, that if you're good at something, doesn't necessarily mean that it's fulfilling you, and it's it's the right thing for you to be doing. Yeah, I remember somebody said to me once just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should and that really resonated with me you know I thought I I, I can do it I'm I'm good at it I I enjoy the client contact etc etc but doesn't mean that I should do it it's it's not it's not fulfilling me Mm. yeah that's so interesting so you're now into in 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 the, the world of health which you probably could never imagined you were doing you know when you first started out as training for law how comfortable now do you feel with with what you're doing do you feel like you've come to a place where you really feel like you found your your passion and purpose 100 percent. and you could have asked me that two years ago and i would have said no it's taken years and years to get here mm-hmm. you know, we we all know as, as women we really struggle with imposter syndrome and for many years i felt i wasn't good enough I hadn't earned my stripes in the fitness industry I hadn't done my time (laughs) hours and actually I realized 
I've, I've been training for this my whole life. I've never been a fitness fanatic and I like to drive that point home because I don't relate to fitness fanatics and I think many people don't because we have this view that well, it's all or nothing and they clearly absolutely adore to do squats or burpees and you know they live yeah. for it and they live for their green juices i am not in that category i'm, I'm just an ordinary mum of three with a busy life who likes to exercise i don't always like it but i know how exercise makes me feel and i cling on to that feeling to make me keep doing it and I've also, from quite a young age, been interested in constant self-improvements, you know, how to just be a wee bit better all the time, a wee bit healthier, you know, how, how can I change my way of thinking, how can I eat a little better without going crazy and eliminating everything that I love. So I think a, a large part of it for me is self-improvement and a large part of it is the effect it has on your mindset, but I've never been fanatical about fitness. And as we discussed briefly before we came on there, I wasn't particularly good at sports either. No. I didn't realise how important that was until I did a talk in my little boy's school about exercise and the teacher fed back to me and the parents fed back that the one thing that most of their kids went home and spoke about was, they said, you know, Mrs Schenken never won anything at sports day. People really, really think that if you're not good at sports, you're not good at exercise. And they're completely, they're two completely separate things. Yeah. Exercise is not sport. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. And I hated sports at school and it really put me off for a long time, kind of having that confidence to try a new sport just for fun. And last year I actually started, I went roller skating a couple of times, which I used to love when I was younger and then stopped. And now it's something I can't wait to get back out to next year. So it's finding that thing that brings you an inner joy, isn't it? That, that keeps you moving. Totally. I think it's, for me, and, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not really into the woo. <laughs> um, everyone has their line. I, I, I do like learning about it, and I'm getting there slowly. But for me, it is all about the joy. It's about the feeling to the point that with my one-to-one -one clients and my members, my advice to them is always to completely disassociate exercise with weight loss. There should be no connection mm -hmm. there whatsoever so I couldn't even tell you how many calories you burn in any given workout yeah. because for me it's it's not for weight loss at all and there's there's a few reasons for that first of all because if we view it as a tool for weight loss then it automatically becomes a punishment and it's not a happy joyful thing and you can't ever see it as me time if it's a punishment if you're using it to burn calories and um and I think that's how many people are conditioned to think. Yeah. And, and I, I really, really despise it when people say, so if I eat this chocolate bar, what workout should I do? Yeah. <laughs> Burn it off. So the other thing I was going to say is it's actually a really ineffective weight loss tool as well because the amount of exercise you have to do, you would require to do to burn off those calories is so much that it's just, it's, it's almost impossible. You can't out-train a bad diet. So you're much better having, you know, being sensible with your food, which I know sounds boring, but my motto is have a little bit of everything I love. You know, mm -hmm. just don't go on a binge fest. But for exercise to be a weight loss tool is, is crazy. It, it makes exercise a punishment, but it also turns eating into something bad, yeah. which it should not be. I 
I was brought up in a household where all of our happy times, and it still remains the same, are around food. Um, you know, we celebrate and that is around food. And I love cooking. I find it, you know, it's a creative outlet. And I'm, I'm a feeder, as my mum is. I love to feed people. So again, that's why I just don't like associating exercise with weight loss. I think if you completely detach the two, then exercise can become something joyful. Yes, I 100% agree with that. I'm so glad that you've said that, Margaret, because you, talking of social media at the beginning of this conversation, it's full of this kind of tagging exercise and weight loss. And every time you open a magazine, there's, there's the same kind of rhetoric, and it's such an outdated narrative. So to hear you say that is really refreshing. How do we encourage women to get moving and try new sports and, and get more active then, especially when you get to midlife because our hormones are all changing. So quite often it's really hard to motivate yourself to do something because you're feeling really quite tired and, and you don't know what's happening to your body. So how do we encourage people to, to get that motivation? And it's not, it's probably one that you won't have heard before. I'm really fascinated in the mindset and how that works and how we get ourselves into action. And I'm just a constant learning curve with this. The best advice I can give to anyone who's struggling with starting is eliminate the words motivation and willpower from your vocabulary. Completely eliminate those words. All the women that come into my free group, um, the first question that I ask is, what do you struggle with most? And 90% of the answers are motivation or willpower. And actually, motivation is not something that just turns up. And I think we, we tend to, again, be conditioned to think, well, Margaret works out, you know, she's taking these classes six times a week. She's just got more motivation than me. She has more willpower than me. It is not the case. Every single day in my head, several times, the words, I can't be bothered doing this, or I just don't have the energy, repeat on a loop. <laughs> and so it's not that I'm jumping out of bed to squat in the morning. And I think that there's this fallacy that some people are just motivated and some people are not, when it's actually just building the habit, like building the habit of brushing your teeth. Who wants to brush their teeth? It's boring, it's dull. You know, you don't really get any joy out of it, other than it feels quite minty fresh for a wee while. It's just actually starting and not stopping. So if yeah. you stop waiting for motivation to show up and you just take the first step, and, and by first step I mean move your body in any way at all. And it might be, so I have a love of dance and music mm. and um, I love some of my classes in my membership are just, uh, we do a Saturday morning dance party session Thankfully, because I use original artist music, it has to be deleted after it's done. <laughs> I go a bit crazy and I, and I feel like maybe it would put people off if they saw them. <laughs> but it's the most popular session in the membership. And it's because people get the joy of just moving their body without worrying whether they're doing it correctly or incorrectly. And they get to do it to music as well. And there's all sorts of studies that show the benefit of music on your mindset and how you feel. And so music in my classes, whether it's dance or whether it's not dance, whether it's just ballet sculpt or Pilates or lower body strength, the music's really, really important mm -hmm. because that helps you latch on to that feel-good feeling. So to look back around to your question, how would I tell somebody to start? A, I would say stop waiting for motivation to show up. 
it's all about just building the habit. So just decide you're going to take the first step today. And if you're watching this um, interview, I mean today, as in right now, put on a song and just actually go and dance in your kitchen or in your lounge or wherever. And you'll experience how good it feels to move your body. So the second piece of advice is find the thing that you love to do. There's no right or wrong. And again, many people, many of my clients have said, I just wish I loved running. Like running's a cure-all. I hate running. <laughs> I despise running. And even I myself have thought, oh, I wish I loved running. But why do we think that? The only reason we think that is because we see people out running and they always look, they usually look pretty fit and we'll see them, the same people, over and over again. And so you see that evidence that it works for some people. But it's just that the other things that people are doing in their homes, you're not seeing them doing it and you're not seeing the evidence that it works. And actually anything works, you just have to move your body. It might be dancing, it might be doing a bit of salsa, or it might be doing some ballet moves. It might be that you go out for you know, a vigorous walk with your friends a few times a week or even just once a week. It could be cycling, it could be walking the dog, you know, netball. I loved netball at school and I'd quite like to get back into that as well yeah. as a social thing because I don't really have much of a an organised social life. So I like to plan active things like a walk with a friend, which is obviously useful as now um, while we've been in, in lockdown. Yes. And it means that you're getting to do a bit of activity as well as catching up with somebody. So so that's my advice, basically. Stop thinking that motivation is just going to show up and find something that you love. And don't stop until you really do find something that you enjoy. Also, the third piece of advice is do it with someone else to create accountability to someone else. Because you will let yourself down, but you won't let somebody else down. So it can't be that friend that's your partner in crime that you'll both go, oh, let's just can it and have a glass of Prosecco. <laughs> to make a deal at the start that when one of you says I, I just can't do it tonight and you will the other one will step in and say no we're doing it we're doing it and again a similar thing if you don't have a friend who'll do it with you is just to sign up to something where you have to show up hand over hard-earned cash mm -hmm. that's a good motivation because you don't want to you know burn money and um, yeah. when I do my classes it sounds like it was years ago. It was only back in January, February. When I did live classes, I always took block bookings. I did not do drop-ins ever. And that's because if people say they're going to turn up to a class, it gets to Monday night, you've been out at work all day, you've been exhausted, you went to bed too late last night, you get home and you think, I'm just not going. Whereas when they've paid a block, they come because they don't want to lose the money. So yeah. that, that's another but yeah, you have to set things up to make it as easy for yourself as possible and take away all the hurdles. That's such good advice. And you also, you briefly mentioned, you also run a free Facebook group. So can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure, yeah. So the free Facebook group is called Your Daily High. And I started it just in, back earlier this year after lockdown. And the way it came about was it's when we were all in panic and fear mode at the start of the pandemic and we were just grip, feeling gripped by fear every single day. Do you remember? Yeah, you yes. Just, just fear. And I, I, I kind of like to go with my gut and my instincts and I thought, 
I, I'm not going to go and tell people that I've started up this group where they can work out every day. That is the furthest thing from people's minds at the moment. But I know the benefit of especially the dance classes or you know the ones that are feel good has on people's mindset. So I hopped on to all the Facebook groups that I knew and I said, look, I've got this group called Your Daily High. Here's my promise to you. I'm going to make you smile every single day. Um, and I'm going to make you forget for just half an hour every single day. And instead of just coming on occasionally, sorry, I'm getting confused now. This is my membership hub with all my ladies that I moved from the classes to online. Mm. Um, I, I, I gave them my daily workout six days a week throughout basically for about seven or eight months. Wow. And then I set up a free group for the people that, you know, um, didn't have the money because obviously a lot of people were struggling with furlough and being let off. So I set up the free group so that I could also deliver workouts to people that didn't have the money to come into the membership. And also for, for NHS staff, I let them come into the membership for free during lockdown. So I said, I'm just going to make you smile. That, that's, that's all this is about. And it's about forgetting and stepping out of that fear and anxiety for half an hour every day or half an hour a week in the daily high group. And actually what a really lovely benefit was many of the people that came into the group, it became their focus every single day. And, and it did exactly what I promised it would do. It became their daily high. It was mm. that half hour where they could just stop worrying, stop stressing, you know, stop wondering about everything that was going to happen and just let go for half an hour and have have a bit of fun. Um, even if it went after that half an hour, they went straight back to worrying and stress. They get that wee half hour. And so for many, they sort of sneakily <laughs> embedded this fitness routine, which eludes us uh, um, many times in the year, mm. but because it gave them something to kind of cling on to, and, and many of them are still to this day continuing with a fitness habit, which is fab. It's brilliant. And if nothing else is good to come out of this year, I guess things like the, the group that you've set up and those connections will carry forward and will be a real positive out of the pandemic. I think that's been a fantastic channel to be able to connect with people, hasn't it, and encourage people. Yeah, I think on a basic level, it, it's just allowed people to, like I said before, disassociate exercise with weight loss and connect it to mentally feeling good. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So how, what's the name of the group, Margaret? How can people yeah. find it? Your Daily High. Brilliant. I'll, I'll put all the notes, the links on them afterwards in the show notes. And how can people find you on social media? And do you have a website? I have a website. My website is margaretshenkin.com. So it's nice and simple. Um, I do have, I mentioned my online membership. So that's a, a paid monthly membership, which I specialize in women over 40, and I specialize in non-extreme exercise that still gets results. That membership is not always open, but in the meantime, if anyone wants to come along and get a free workout every Monday morning to sort of set their week off on a high, then come into my free group, Your Daily High. And I'm also on Instagram under Margaret Schenken as well. Brilliant. I love what you're doing. I love the fact that you are targeting the women over 40. Um, and I know there's loads of women out there that really want to try and that want to really get started with some more exercise. So let's hope that, um, you know, the more work you do and the more co contacts you make, then you can reach more women. It's fantastic. If you could go back now to, to, to 
to the, to the young woman that was in law that still knew it didn't sit quite right, what would you go back and tell her? Oh, that's a difficult one. <laughs> <laughs> to just take the first step and not have to have the whole path mapped out to the end. Mm-hmm. Because I, I still tell myself that in business when, I, when I'm wanting to change something or create something new. I think because I was trained as a lawyer, I was trained to map out the whole process in advance. And life is not really like that. Yeah. <laughs> you take a step and you realise actually you're going to go that way now. And then, you know, you, you change direction all the time. And every step you take, even if it doesn't turn out as you planned, you still learn something. And that's progress in itself. So I think that that's what I would tell the, the me in years gone by. Don't wait until you have the whole process mapped out. Just take this first step and see what happens. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much, Margaret. The last question I ask all my guests is, because I think women are really notoriously bad at accepting compliments about themselves. So if you could pay yourself one compliment, what would it be? <laughs> Has anyone ever felt comfortable with that question? No, no, I've had, I've had all sorts of reactions. I've had tears. <laughs> I've had long, long pauses. I've had, yes. Or has anyone just answered like that? No, I don't think they have. (laughs) (laughs) I'm insanely optimistic. Fabulous. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And I look forward to continuing to see all that you get up to next year. And I shall put all your details on on the post. So thank you for your time. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So I hope you enjoyed listening to Margaret Shakin's talk. And then I found it really interesting and inspiring. And I love her refreshing attitude about how she's dis- disconnecting the, the, the mental connections between our weight and enjoying sports. Sport is about movement and, and finding things that bring us joy and helping we improve our mental well-being. And it's so much more than just being a tool for weight loss. So I'm so glad that she raised that conversation. And if it's given you some inspiration to find out what's going to get you moving um, and find some pleasure out of it rather than seeing it as a chore, please let me know. I'd love you to drop me a line. You can email me at rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. I'd love to hear what brings you joy in sport and movement. I can't can't recommend Margaret's TED Talk enough. What if I don't know what my passion is? I'll put the links in afterwards, but I really would love everyone to go watch it because it's really interesting how we have these high values of how we think that once we find something that's going to bring us our pure passion, we know what it is and how it's going to make us feel. And often it's not the case and our journey is obviously full of obstacles and different routes and we often end up places that we never possibly imagined and Margaret's a perfect example of that so I will be back next week with some more inspiration but in the meantime keep being fabulous thank you for listening to Out of the Bubble podcast I hope you found lots of inspiration and it's left you with some midlife food for thought how would you compliment yourself I'd love to hear from you so I can share some love for all you women over 40. Please get in touch. Email me, rachel at outofthebubblepodcast.com. You can also come and join the Facebook page at Step Out of the Bubble. I'll be back next Monday, but in the meantime, keep being fabulous.